Hello and welcome to the T's and C's podcast. My name is Tasha Duffy and I'm Christine Barnes. We're all guilty of sending podcast length voice notes of our day-to-day ups and downs of life so we decided to share them with you. On this week's episode we have the five-time All-Ireland winner and all-star Lindsay Davey. Lindsay is here to tell us about her journey playing Gaelic for the Dublin team and her recent retirement announcement. Fancy a cuppa? Right, let's pop the kettle on. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not at all. How are you? Good, good. Good, good. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for coming in. <laughs> Wearing your lovely Dublin colours, I see. <laughs> so I've been saying for ages to Tasha, because Tasha's like so pro women's sport. She is like pro pro and she's like, we need to get Lindsay. And I was like, well, do you know what? I'm friends with her sister. Like, so I'll be able to get, to get her. Women. We need Rebecca, to get all the women. Rebecca, you're delighted for the shout out. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Becky Davey. Becky Davey. All the way in Toronto. All the way in Toronto. We listen because we can obviously see. It's so funny. We can see on our Spotify like where people are listening. So like where across the world. And we're like pointing out. So like Tasha sees Turks and Caicos. Oh and yeah, she's so like, Yvonne. Brennan, That's Yvonne. And, and then I'm, I'm like, like making sure they're listening. Well, yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. You listen this week. See Toronto. I'm like, that's Becky. See Spain. I'm like, that's Katie. We're like just picking out where everyone We're is watching you all yeah we definitely <laughs> do watch everyone so we basically wanted to get you in because obviously i've known you since we were i don't even know how long i've known you forever long time. but when you grow up with people who are accomplishing things like what you have you kind of don't realize how important it is when you're do you know what I mean like when you're with someone that you know all the time you don't realize how, how big, big they are to other people yeah, yeah 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 so like even when you'd like see like I'd see in the paper and stuff and I'm like that's mad Lindsay's in the paper or I remember being somewhere one of the times when I was dying hungover and there was someone being like put the ladies match on put the ladies match on and I'm like all right like what's wrong with these people and they put it on and I'm like there's Lindsay that's a bit mad it's like you don't realize how big stuff is but when I actually looked in and took a little bit of do you know what else? You're the first guest that we have on that has, well, no, the second guest you have on that has a Wikipedia page. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You have your own Wikipedia. Like you come up, Lindsay Dave comes straight up. I'm like, who is putting that stuff up for you? That's, I, that's, I know because someone sent that to me before, but like, I don't even know how that comes about. Or yeah. Just, someone randomly decide to set it up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah actually, that's it was, all different. No, like, anyone, as far as I know, anyone can change Wikipedia pro, like that you can add to it. Like, so I could add to it, oh, you could yeah. add to it, whatever. So actually, do you know what? We'll add later on guest on the oh, yeah. podcast. I think there was someone in the club, but who knows? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Very random though. And we were just reading all the different yeah, bits. Yeah, so I was reading it as well. And I was reading up a few articles, um, doing my research normally we don't do research um, <laughs> and the reason I know we say that quite a bit but just so everyone knows we're not saying we're being lazy and not doing it we like to have genuine reactions yeah. to stuff and then on the first we do do it but like yeah we do research like little bits but we don't like to we kind of just kind of get pinpoint on stuff and then yeah. we're like they're gonna fill us in we don't like to know too much because we like to have genuine reactions so what I did read and you can obviously tell us the start from when you started playing um, Gaelic but you were, you played with the boys team first because there was no girls team. Yeah, so like when I first started out with Gaelic in Scary's Herfs, it would have been with the nursery camp. Okay. So that was probably was about four or five years of age, just sent down to the camp and that was probably my first introduction to it. And it's so funny, like, because people say, what, what's your first memory of football? I was like, I don't really know because it's probably what I've always known. Yeah. Um. So from the nursery, I just would have played up to the ranks and, yeah, there was no girls team at the time. Um, so I would have played with the boys until about under 12s, 13s. Wow. Um, but funny enough, then at the same time, probably when we hit about under 12s, 
Um, I remember, I think I was in fourth class in, in primary school in Lamara, and I remember the principal coming in and asking me, oh, you're after, after being picked for the Dublin team and they're playing a game up in Belfast. And um, so I went off home, happy out, going to tell my, tell my mom and stuff. And um, then I remember getting the train journey up to Belfast and all, and that was kind of my first taste of um, you know, inter-county. And I think by the time I was, probably around the same time, um, I was 10, and I was introduced into then the under 12 development squad with Dublin and we would have had a blitz then and a Lencer blitz every year like so we would have done a couple of training sessions for that so it's funny like the introduction into Dublin kind of just happened okay, really yeah. quickly as well and um, I think by the time of under 13s then I had to there was a decision because there's no girls team as either right we get a girls team up and running in the club or have to transfer okay. to another club because you couldn't play with them after that um and yeah we got a girls team up and running the club and it's mad next if you look at us it's just the amount of underage girls teams is just phenomenal and yeah. it really is just going from strength to strength and like, isn't so. that mad in how many years like yeah that's not long ago like you yeah know I mean? like probably what was that i think it was 2000 was the that first game in belfast so if you look of in yeah. a very short space of time like yeah. we've really just gone from strength to strength and yeah it's just it's unreal to see that transition over the years put a woman to the job and they get a team. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So if we go back to the beginning then, like before you were playing with the boys and stuff like that, like how did GAA come into it? What did you think? Were you playing different sports? Was it always ga? Like what kind of brought it into your life really? Um, well, I suppose my dad would have been club coach at the time and he would have kind of been heavily involved at the club with the nursery camps and all been started up and um, involved in coming into the schools and doing training yeah, sessions. Right. So yeah, a lot of people would have known him from that. But um, for me, I suppose in my state and more view, like there's just such a massive gang of kids and we played every and any sport that we could. Whatever was big in that time of the year, Joe be a tennis like with Wimbledon, whether Aussie rules, rugby, Gaelic, whatever, we were out in the streets playing it like so I suppose I just grew up with a very active childhood and obviously with two brothers and a sister. Um you know, we were just yeah, we were it's probably healthy just, competition there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like we're just very active family, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So I think that was the times as well. Like we had no iPads, no nothing like that. You went out we to were play. Out, yeah. yeah, until we were the out on the street until we were dragged in. came on. Yeah. Then you had to go in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose with me, I suppose I was always out playing with the boys. Um, you know, me and my friend Kleena, like we would have been out just playing, like I said, every and any sport. And I suppose probably then I suppose you just build up that strength and compete with the boys obviously I was playing with them with the club so that probably helped my transition then into playing senior at such a, a young age yeah so 14 you started playing senior on the senior team yeah so when we got the girls team up and running um I was probably under 16s at the time and um John O'Leary would have taken over the team in 2004 and his daughter would have played on the team with us so he would have been coming to some of our club games and yeah I think he would have known uh, my dad again and just said look do you think she'd be interested in coming in so next thing I knew it's just been thrown into shipped off yeah there you go <laughs> off you go and play so yeah so from 14 years of age then I was introduced into the senior team and what's that like, the transition from that? Like, is it so much more intense? Are you on strict schedules? Like, obviously at 14, you're not going to be drinking, but is it like you're not allowed, like, have junk food or you're not allowed, do you know, that sort of stuff? Like, what kind of intensity was um, it? Oh, well, it was, look, it was very overwhelming at the time because, like, I was still playing 16, under 16 as a minor with Dublin at the time as well. I was playing soccer in the school. I was doing athletics. So 
from to go into an environment where you're playing underage to be thrown into a senior into county squad at 14 years of age I remember I was so overwhelmed and intimidated and I was just like oh after a couple of weeks I was like I'm not able for this like and I remember going home having doubt my parents mean like yeah I think don't think this is for me I just want to focus on my under 16s and my minor yeah and try and win with that and I remember having to ring Donna Leary like 14 years of age being like um yeah I just think I'm gonna just play 16s and minor and I remember being like oh okay yeah probably a bit surprised by it but I just felt that I probably wasn't up to it at that age um so with the 16s and minors we ended up getting um knocked out early in the summer just with the way the championship season ends I think we would have got to the All-Ireland finals and lost um so the season finished quite early and next thing I was just been told uh, John wants you to go back in again so there I was again no really choice in the matter it's kind of just sent off oh, there you go yeah. he's asking you to come back in and I know I suppose John obviously seeing something that I didn't see in myself um, and I remember Martina Farrell the captain at the time coming over and giving me a big hug saying welcome back we're delighted to have you and I don't know what changed in my mindset there but I think I just settled then and I suppose the older girls were far more aware of my age and yeah, I kind of just probably grew in confidence then as the season went. And then by come the August, you know, I was starting my first like all Ireland quarterfinal, you know, oh so God. yeah, yeah, a bit mad. Yeah. Well, obviously the first time it was so intimidating and you're so young, like 14 is really young. Really young. And then mm. you're so used to your own space, like you were in the harps and you know what I mean? You were with so your used friends. to all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you were suddenly with all these new people who were like so much older than you and you're like, what am I doing here? Like, no. But where the second time, do you think her welcoming you made you feel a bit like, oh, okay. Oh, 100%. And like, like I said, probably the older girls were probably a lot more mindful of my age yeah. then. So probably just looking out for me a bit more. But I suppose they probably didn't have the pressure of the under 16s and minors on me as well. Because exactly, like, yeah. It was just mental what was going on. Like, because I'd be training with all those teams and I used to train with the 16s and the minors. And straight after their session, I would have left and gone straight then to the senior session. So it was just, there was just probably a lot going on yeah. at the time. And I suppose then, because we hit the summer months then and probably the training sessions obviously didn't have 16s and minors. So probably just because we're solely focusing on the senior. Okay. It probably was just a bit more manageable. Yeah. Like, but it's funny, if you look back now, um, don't think I'd change a thing. Like, you know, the, those girls that I met back then, like they're still some of your lifelong friends. And I suppose, look, who can say that they got to play in their first All-Ireland at 15 years I of know. age. Like, know? that's unbelievable. So there's obviously no age limit then. Um, So now there is. There is, yeah. Because probably from, like I said, I did a lot of training back then that in those years and the year after I ended up getting burnt out. So a new rule came in that you can only play one grade below, which is obviously brilliant because it's protecting players' welfare um, and looking out for them. So you can play you can play minors and seniors, but you can't play 16s minor and senior. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit different now, which yeah. is probably a positive thing. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I just can't. Even when you're talking and you're saying, like, you went from one training session to another training like, where were these training sessions? How long did you have to get there? Like, I'm overwhelmed even thinking about it. Um, I suppose we're very lucky in Dublin. It's probably fairly small. So yeah. um, I used to train, I think it was the 16s in Ballymun Kickums. Oh, yeah. And oh, then yeah. the senior team would be in Fingalian. So in fairness, it was only a 10-minute drive. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't too bad. But I remember just... Um, the girls used to be like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to get yourself burnt out. And I was like, ah, no, I won't. You know, you're so young. You yeah. Just, yeah. No, I'd be You've all the energy in the yeah. world. And, and then I suppose it did catch up with me eventually. But sure, look, we kind of managed that for a year or two. And then thankfully kind of got back up to the pace then. Yeah, well, like you smashed it from day dot, really, from going in. Like, how old were you when you were on your first All-Star? Um, 16. 
So yeah, I won, I think it was nominated in 2004 and then I won it in 2005. What's funny, because like, I won the Leinster Young Player of the Year in the same night. So for me, I was like, it's just one of those things. Oh, she got an all-star as well. It'd be such a big thing. So yeah. I don't know, like if I really- So it was all-stars now. I know all-stars is like the Oscars for Gaelic, basically. Because <laughs> I'm not a guy, you know, I'm not a guy head. But- that whenever I would hear that she's nominated for an All-Star and the All-Stars is black tie event and I'm like, oh, I want to go to the All-Stars. I don't even watch Gaelic, but I want to go. But like, who like nominates? Is, are you nominated by club? Is it by, like, do you get a category you're nominated in or is it just player of the year? Or no, what way does so it work? It's, there's an All-Star committee. Um, so the All-Star committee kind of go to a certain amount of games throughout the year. They're obviously just keeping an eye on players. And then, yeah, I think at the end of the year, then they just pick out who are their best players in each position for the year. So the All-Star is not uh, awarded to one player in one position. So it's 15 All-Stars. So it makes an All-Star team. Um, yeah. So they pick it. They pick the whole team then by position. Yeah. So there'll be three, Very good. There'll be three players. There'll be pl- three players nominated for each <clears throat> position. Okay. And then on the night... You pick one. Yeah, and also I was awarded to one of those three players for each position. And did you say, in, are you always playing in one position or do you move around? Depends, yeah. It just probably, like, because obviously in matches you can be moved around a position, but I think it's probably normally picked on probably what position you're playing in the most. Yeah. But sometimes those positions can be And where do you around. play? Uh, well, in the forward line. So between the half forward, full forward line can't be my two main positions so depending on the game or what's needed I'm like positions are so weird isn't it how it changes in sport <laughs> yeah what the name of them is I'm like middle forward you're like what's forward. that in soccer yeah I knew I'm like so it's like a, a winger to a striker I'm pretty sure it's funny be. like I was only playing a game last night so I've gone back playing soccer with yeah. Dunne Bay St. Isha's and even I'm like trying to get used to right what do these players do They're, right you're going to play in the middle of the park and I'm like what, yeah, where, where is where, that? What, yeah. what do I do here? What, Does that mean I can go everywhere? <laughs> what is my role in this position? You're going to have to explain what yeah, you need hard, to do. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it, so thinking about different it's things? It's funny just changing yeah, the, the different mindset. rules and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so with your All-Stars then, how many did you win in total? Um, five, five in total, I think. And then in 2020, they would have done the team of the year or team of the championship because of COVID. Um, they didn't have an All-Stars that year. So, yeah, five and then that one as well. He's on the team one. The team of yeah. the... Yeah, team, I think it was team of the championship to call this. Wow. But, like, yeah. what's it like? What do, Like, are you so proud? Are you, like... Is it a big thing to you to win something like that? Oh, yeah. Look, it's a massive honour um, to be nominated even and to win them. And, you know, it's it really is lovely. And I suppose, for me, I just enjoyed the nights. And it's yeah. so funny because my friends, like, Lena and Hannah, would have been there from the very first one yeah. in 2004. Um, and I think as the years went by, we just used to make a big night of it with the family life. So my mom and all her friends would have a table and me and Becky would have a table full of our friends and stuff. Uh, so we just used to have the crack. Like, and yeah. there's some of the some of the best memories I think from from those years is those nights and you know I suppose even myself Clean and Hannah we always talk about geez remember such and such happened on that night yeah and, yeah like but we were what like 14 15 years of age going to first all-stars and just getting dressed up and you know yeah it was it's like a little cool. mini wedding isn't it then yeah. And having, yeah you know when you just have your friends and your mm. family and you're like let's go wild yeah like, so that's actually lovely yeah it? it was really nice yeah, yeah. Like I said, geez, some of the memories we have from them are some of the some of the best you know and scaries as like, it's, I'm obviously an outsider from scaries, but I worked there for <laughs> like over 10 years. Um, 
they get behind you so much, don't they? Like, oh, amazing. Your community and I is suppose unreal. for me, now that I'm retired, it's trying to give back to the club. Um, I know even being involved in Kayla's club now, doing their, or Kayla's team doing their 14s, for me, it's just that they've been so supportive of me over the past, Jesus, 20 years. Like, um, especially more recent when we start to get into the All Ireland yeah. more so. Um, when Mick, well, even I suppose with Greg, sorry, sure, we went through a period of nearly eight All Irelands in a row. And the support every year, like the town used to be just yeah. yeah, yeah. They literally painted the town blue. Yeah. There's posters you everywhere. You know when there's something on it's yeah. scary. Like, um, you see Lindsay's face everywhere. Yeah. You're driving under the tunnel. There she is looking at you. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I got frightened. Like, yeah. your face is popping out of a bush. I like, had to do a double take and didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but like, look, that's just the immense support that I used to get. And some of my best memories after those matches, um, regardless of res- the result, was just being able to go down to, you'd obviously be able to spot them in the crowd, the banners and the sheer noise of them. Uh, but then being able to go down to them after the after the game and, you know, just get pictures and just say, thank yeah. you for coming. I know it's just so amazing. And I suppose because we went through a period of being so successful with Dublin, like success breeds success. And when you see that being translated into all the clubs across Dublin, mm. so many younger girls wanting yeah. to come out and replicate that success and, you know, to have a dream that, oh, one day I want to go to Crow Park and play in an All-Ireland final and for everyone to come out. Like, I think that's just really special to be in that position and to see that support that you're getting. But, like, the the admiration that people had for you, like, is undeniable and I don't think you realise it until, so you just mentioned there, so um, Lindsay helps out with my niece's Gaelic team now, Kayla, but... A few years ago, Kayla, st- and when she only kind of started Gaelic, so she was doing kind of, you know, like when you're growing up, you change all your different sports to kind of find out what you like yeah. or whatever. So she was going to do the Gaelic Academy or whatever, and she's doing different bits and bobs. And then my sister all of a sudden one day was like, ask your auntie, ask teen, ask her, whatever. And Kayla was like, do you know Lindsay Davey? And I said, yeah. I said, you know, my friend Becky, I was like, it's her sister. And she was like, What? <laughs> Mom, she knows Lindsay Dave and Gemma's like yeah I know and she's like I go to academy and when we're getting our jerseys I try and pick out Lindsay's number every time when I'm at academy <laughs> she does, She used to be fighting people for Lindsay's number she was like Roddy <laughs> Collins polishing her elbows she trying was, to get in for Lindsay's number it was so funny I remember I was down at the camp a couple of years ago and Kleena's uh, son Josh plays yeah. and he they're around the, the same age aren't yeah, they yeah so yeah. he went to the camp and at the end I was signing autographs and I was signing jerseys and stuff and like Josh is queued up at the back. And I'm like, Josh, what are you doing? Like, I'm in your house every, <laughs> yeah, every other day. day. <laughs> I was like, if you want to. And he's like, no, no, he's happy out. Like, by oh, just, I remember going back to clean and just saying, that is so funny. Right? Yeah. He's in the queue. Like, yeah, he's queuing know. up. And I was like, I'm going to say yeah. every day. Like, <laughs> like, I'll do it later. Yeah. Right? And he's like, no. But the other thing that I will want to say, and it, it was one of the big things that, you know, like when kids meet people they aspire to be in, I know, and just to let you know, like how big of an effect it did have. During COVID, obviously there wasn't any sports. Kids weren't playing sports. They weren't in an academy, whatever. And it really affected my niece. My niece is mm. such a sports person. She plays Gaelic, camogie, soccer, everything. Like she's mad into her fitness. She'll, she'll be like, I'm like, what you do this morning? She'll be like, nothing, just ran 5K. I'm like, there's not many 14 year olds, you know, that could no. up on at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning to run 5K. You know what I mean? Like I definitely wasn't like that. But she's wants to be the way she is. And during COVID, it really got to her that she couldn't play sport and she couldn't do stuff. And we were so, 
we couldn't do a lot either because we weren't mm. let in our house and then it got to kind of everything eased up and my mom was like work on all your skills and because I know with gay like there is skill sets and certain mm. things they ask you to work on or whatever and um Gemma was like will you get Lindsay to send her like a little message but like telling her like kind of like what skill sets to be doing or try this and try that and whatever and I was like yeah yeah, yeah. and Lindsay did it for her and I sent that to her. I never forget her face. Like she was like, oh my God. And she was like, ma'am, I have to do my video. I have to go out the back. And then if we were being quiet, if we were being loud or anything in the kitchen or whatever, quiet. she'd be like, shut up. I'm doing my video for Lindsay. This is going to Lindsay Davy. And I'm like, okay, you're like, relax. <laughs> so she'd done it and sent it back. And Lindsay was so good. And she came up to the house and brought up training balls and everything for my niece. And you don't hear of that very often. And like I said, when you know someone and you've grown up knowing someone, you're kind of a bit like, Lindsay, like, but then when you actually look at your career, it was huge, like, yeah. you're one of the biggest names in, in ladies football that there has been over the last 10 years, like, let's be honest. Yeah, it's funny, like, you don't, don't really think, think about like it that. like yeah. that, and I wouldn't even see it like that, even when Becky was saying about that I was coming in, I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about, like, yeah. like well, there be many people interested in my career, like, of you course, know, well, yeah. but it's, that's just, like, no, I just wouldn't think about it, but yeah. I think it's, it is for me really important when people reach out like that, because sport is such a massive, has played a massive role in my life and you know if there's ever times when things were difficult at home like sport would have been my outlet and it's such a massive positive positive impact on people's mental health Mm. and especially with younger girls and you know there's been research done um like with Lidl when they came on board and they developed a serious support program as a result like one in two girls will drop out of sport by the age of 13 and when they kind of did the questionnaire and research interest like I think the mental players or young girls saying like the impact that you know they wouldn't have a their body image like to be very subconscious yeah. they wouldn't have a lot of confidence and the positive impact that sport can have, have on that so even the likes of that when people reach out and ask is there can you do something and I think any way that you can give back and help out someone younger like it's just it's it's a lovely position to be in but I think I suppose like I said it's one of the reasons why I'm kind of trying to give back to the club and then get involved in other underage teams to try and get encourage them to yeah, get to out. encourage okay. them and get to get them to stay involved in sport yeah. like it's just so it's hard that age when they're getting older and they're like do we go out drinking are we going out out like or do we stick to it like it yeah, is it's there's hard. a lot of different lot, distractions like, and I yeah. think there's a lot of pressure on young girls now especially if you look at social media yeah. like you know I think people always have to there's just a lot of pressure on them I think like but I have to say that that group of girls that Kayla's around with they're brilliant like they're so enthusiastic and mm. just mad for sport and yeah like I know Kayla would be very good friends with Quiva like yeah, they're always down with the ball wall and stuff yeah. and um I was just in a big clear out of all the football gear that I had from the past few years because it fills up quickly and I never like to get rid of it I like yeah. to probably give it give, give it, it off to someone that will appreciate it like and there's a load of them going around now with LD initials oh. all over their gear and all so, that's so yeah. cute <laughs> but it's so good to hear all that, that oh god they're so they're always talking about you and then if you see them you say hello and then they put the head like, down and yeah. barely like speak to you yeah so funny, they don't like, even look in your direction yeah. yeah but I just think the other thing that I want to bring up and it, it's a little bit controversial not with you but in general to do with the sports and what I was kind of getting at a minute ago is like you get nothing from playing this sport as in you still had to work 
you weren't being paid to be a professional athlete yet you still loved it so much and had this passion for it and you were willing to give back and take your time because you appreciate that these people kind of helped you or supported you while you went through your career Whereas like I do, that's one thing that and I'm a massive, massive soccer fan. Like I am, my whole family, it's just what we've been brought up to be. And that's the one thing that I think is different. Like, you know, my dad's like, like he'll always say, it's not football if you use your hands. Like he's just, that's just him. He's old skill. It was how he was. But, and he will also be the first person to be like, them kids are paying your wages. Whereas like you said, those people, some, some of them, not all of them, will walk down the street and not even look in a person's direction. Whereas with Gaelic, like what is it like not getting paid right. or the difference between well, the I think that's sports. what makes this sport so special though. Yeah. Is that, you know, because you're not being paid for it, it is an amateur sport and we're all well aware of that before we go into it. Like we're not going to play Gaelic because we get paid. Like you know that you have to work in your career on outside of it. Mm. Um but that's what I think makes the sport so special. And to you know that these players, like like I said, they're pretty much professional training as professional athletes in an amateur sport. And I suppose the demands of the game are getting greater every year. Like, And I suppose that's something that I probably would have struggled with um, kind of towards the latter end of my career because I'm, I'm, I'm a firefighter, paramedic. Um, so just juggling the shift work of both, I definitely probably found tough at the end. Um, but look, I think we are going from strength to strength. And... There's players now are receiving more benefits, like, you know... Um, Endorsements and stuff well, like that. yeah, that look, I've been very lucky, I suppose, in the past couple of years. Like, Joe, I've been driving around in a sponsored car, uh, yeah. like a number of girls wear, which is the exact same as the Dublin men. Um, like, the sponsorship was through Neary's and Lusk. Um, and I think Fujo have the, the deal the past couple of years. Like, so when... You, see that like I was driving a Mitsubishi Jeep around you know and like the benefits that you the I suppose the perks of what you do mm-hmm. get on the outset um you know I've been very lucky I've traveled all over the world like only recent last month I was in Texas with the all-stars yeah I've seen um, that actually yeah like you know and like I said just I suppose what I've received what sport has done for me in my life um joe i'm very lucky but i think that's what makes the game so special is that you know these athletes are playing and stri- striving to be the best that they can without any financial reward in terms of a salary like yeah like when you see when like when you think of it now like footballers get paid ridiculous ridiculous but and i mm. I, don't, I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not but like that's okay when you look at gaelic players hurlers and everything like that the passion yeah. they have and they like the passion they have in that game where yeah. Ronaldo like I can score five goals like grand yeah but the like they're mm. not getting paid anything and like the passion they have and how they want to get higher and higher in the championship and this and that and then you just see in a footballer and like yeah well I could just go to another team you know mm. like yeah. you know, you look, when you look always, at it they're always transferring clubs yeah. and you look there's such a loyalty within oh my god the, the loyalty within the Gaelic community like, the yeah. or your county like I've like guarantee you'd never see a county player yeah well I know it might happen the odd time if someone's moved down the country or something yeah. but very rarely you'd see Them a county player transferring clubs and even as well like the amount of stories you hear with a lot of people working in Dublin yeah. and travelling home during the week Play. to train with their club. Yeah. And look, I know that's something that obviously happens in the 
at the inter-county side of things as well um and i know probably the men do get their expenses for mileage and stuff and i think that's something that probably does need to change with the ladies um because i suppose expenses is probably something where we can definitely improve and the past few years we have been getting uh, grants um which certainly help but i think if there's across the board i just think that needs to improve and like players probably shouldn't be out of pocket for playing for their county leader and look i think that's it's something that will continue to improve and it is nice to see the progression of where i started yeah to where we are now. now like you know my first all Ireland final geez i think there was probably 20 odd thousand and to the finals a couple of years ago i think we we're upwards of over fifty thousand. Wow. you know so as a player just seeing the progression of the sport yeah. you know um like it really is amazing it's fantastic being that player on the pitch and just watching all those players or people coming out to support you it's amazing yeah because i was just saying i have dated a gaelic player before obviously i had been footballers before that oh my god the commitment i was like mm. never again never again yeah, am not. i doing that i was like you have to book your holidays around this and that and i was like no no i can't do it can't do it yeah it's full on especially but that's when what you're I trying lo- like, to you love it, that about it though work. when you you're trying to mean? juggle shift working yeah. on top of that like it's pretty full on like and i've I think I'm in the fire brigade wash eight years now. Amazing. Um, so yes, past seven years it's just been juggling schedules and like I used to laugh, like I used to go out in the morning and I'd have my football gear with me, I'd have my work gear with me, you'd have food for the day because you're going to work on a 12 hour shift, you're going straight to training after you could have a laptop to do assignments because when I was doing my paramedics course and like you're literally hauling these bags going out to the car, you leave at 6am in the morning, you might be back till half 10, 11 at night sleep repack the bags and then do it all again again, the next day but it's funny when you're in it it's like a bubble like when you're in it you're like because you're trying to achieve something so special like you just don't even get a second toss yeah. you're just you're in it's it you your love life. it yeah, yeah you love it and yeah do you know geez when you're getting off during these playing crow park in front of like 50 odd i was gonna and, ask that like what's like, it like it's amazing like and i think when you're pushing your body to its limits and you're trying to be the best that you can be on the pitch and then when you get the rewards when that final whistle goes and you've known that you've had an unreal game or you've helped a team to you know win and then just that even the celebrations after like oh my god some of the best nights we've had is like yeah. you know after big games and team holidays or team trips away team bonds and like it's just yeah it's in a very special environment to be a part of and I think it's probably very hard for people on the outset to understand that if mm. you're not involved and like I said you're with a footballer and your head's like oh my god I can't cope with <laughs> yeah. this but when you're in it you know it's just yeah, yeah normality yeah that's yeah I think it's because you're used to soccer players who are like ah fuck I'll go out on Friday night drive a match on Saturday <laughs> yeah no, you wouldn't be doing that now you're playing Gaelic yeah (laughs) definitely not but that's the thing again the even the fans everything about it is just it's amazing it's so special it is and like when you look at like the height in the summer height of championship like the games are just unbelievable like i was watching like the hurling game i think it's just in the league of its own like i love watching the hurling game and my family's waterford so my nana be supporting the waterford hurlers she literally would travel all over the country to see them like she's just a diehard fan and so I've probably grown up watching them all the time. And yeah, like just when you see big championship games, like, you know, it was a dairy or a mad the weekend yeah. and went into extra time and there's very little between them. Like when you get games like that, like, you know, and again, they're all doing this for the love of the game. That's yeah. it. Isn't it like, mm-hmm. that's it when you think of it. Yeah. It's mad. They're doing it because they love the sport. Yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned Texas there a few minutes ago. Mm. So Gaelic, it's mad when you'd actually think about it because there was actually... 
and see again i don't know a lot about this so you can educate me <laughs> but there's like a massive league in like is it new york or something as well that's been going on like australia all, it's massive everywhere. all around the like world. it's so like, weird you have the all-american games you have the canadian games you have the asian games and like is and... it is it just irish people living in them countries playing it or is it people of them countries playing it too uh, it's a bit of both like so most of them they're obviously set up by Irish people who are living abroad like 2012 I went on a J1 to New York and I played with a football team over there and there within New York there was such a massive GA community like you know like I knew I went over by myself but I knew because I was going to play Gaelic yeah that you'd be grand with, literally within a couple of days you have a network of family and friends around you like Amazing. it's just yeah, yeah it is just literally one big but like you knowing that GA community yeah you being like you know I'll go over my own but I'll be great like I know yeah. I'm going to be grand like that's amazing when mm. a few days like you go to your first training session and boom you're on a team night out and they're you that's know it. just away you go slotted right in yeah pretty much and I know Rebecca is over in Toronto as you yeah. said and I, after Texas I went to visit her in Toronto for the week and I went to take a training session with her Gaelic team and again I was just saying to them like fair play to you because you are growing the sport here like yeah. and only for you is putting in the effort to keep it going and of course they love it as well like we we met a, um, an Irish uh, girl out in the pub one night and she'd only come over um a couple of weeks and she's like yeah I'm kind of finding it a bit a bit difficult to know to make friends and we're like do you know what you need to do yeah. there's a Gaelic team here come down to training session and away you go and I think the next morning she'd contacted Becky so when did you say the girls are training and I think that's literally just how it grows yeah. um, do you know even over in Asia they have the Asian games in Australia like it literally is all over the world these little GEA communities are popping up and a lot of it is again because people living abroad set them up and yeah. that's why we went over to Texas um because there is teams set up over there so we go up to prom promote the game over there um but they obviously attract a lot of irish players that are living there but a lot of probably non-irish that are living within those communities get involved and as well yeah, yeah. so it's brilliant so is it like a competition or just like blitzes and like kind of promoting the sport or yeah and no, i think there's competitions all yeah like in most places there's yeah. competitions that run i think the world games and stuff is on as well um can't remember so like are you sent over there as like an ambassador first um well for the all-stars mm. it's probably so the two teams so it was the 2021 and 2022 team that went over um and they play an exhibition game over there and then you go to the schools and you do training session in the school so again it's just probably about promoting that's it yeah. you're just in texas at a random school teaching kids gaelic yeah that's so strange it was so funny because i got um they probably never even heard of it had they <clears throat> um no a lot of them were because of their local teams oh, that are yeah, there yeah, yeah. but when we went into the school um you obviously had to give your passports a lot of security in yeah and she like giving my name tag she's like, i couldn't find her surname is it Lindsay irish so i was going around with like, <laughs> a name tag Lindsay irish and the kids were like i love your name i was like oh That's thanks yeah. <laughs> but you know it was amazing like most of these kids probably would never played gaelic before yeah borrow a handful of them who would have Irish parents and they, that would have gotten them involved but like just to be able to do a training session and by yeah. the end of it being to see them being able to solo a ball or kick a ball yeah like you know yeah oh, but even then they could like the interest they could be like actually I really liked it you know yeah. what I mean and then yeah. they get into it like it's yeah. amazing that we have our little island you know me so patriotic <laughs> our little island and our sport is like all over the world yeah basically. pretty much yeah. yeah yeah like it's amazing 
So good. And then, so you've mentioned in passing there a few minutes ago, which also is a massive thing. So where did paramedic and firefighter and like, where did they, did you, is that something you've always wanted to do? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Like, I think it's just something that was in me from a young age. Like I said, like growing up in Warren View, we were a bit of a mad estate. Like, just a little and bit. <laughs> you've seen like, um ambulance or fire brigade around you just be chasing after and seeing what was going on like just being nosy kids yeah and i remember um like one of the days one of the, f- the firefighters like they let us pour uh, spray water just i think the fire and all was out at that stage because we we're all hanging around they brought us over and let us spray water into the field like so we were delighted yeah um Yes, and then like I just loved medical programs growing up, and it's funny. I remember my granddad Mick saying to me like, "Something will happen in your life where you'll realize this is one what you want to do for the rest of your life." And for me, I knew that I already had an interest in the fire brigade, paramedics, and there was a kid going around on a mini moto. Remember the little yeah. mini motorbikes yeah. that they had, and he crashed into the curb. And I think me and Becky were just walking up to Shafno Donald's, like, yeah, and um. He'd crashed into the curb just at the football pitch and we seen him pick him up and next thing his leg just buckled and they dropped him to the ground. So we ran over and we were just talking to him and all obviously he was in a lot of pain. He had a fractured femur, so not his <gasps> tie bone. Oh my um, god, that's the not the an easy t- thing to break either. Yeah, so he he hit the curb with a lot of force, like but obviously what well, was a medically trained or ending at the time, like I think it probably in my teens anyway I can't remember what age but I remember just sitting on the curb with him and chatting like we called the fire brigade and someone's like I'm going to put you on to Lindsay Davy. she's a Gaelic footballer and I was like what relevance has that got <laughs> to this conversation so there's me talking on the phone just going what, like, what can I do so I'm like well now it's there when I was yeah. 16 <laughs> so I just don't know like, what happened he crashed in look he obviously has an obvious injury to his leg and within no time the local fire brigade had come and I was just basically sitting on the curb talking to him and it's so funny like they obviously they got the shears there to cut his trousers because to see oh, they yeah. expose what was wrong with leg and he's like don't cut my leg off oh, like screaming God. and I was like you're fine they just want to like check your leg to see what's happening and they gave him the, the entonox so now the gas and air yeah uh, so geez he was happy out sucking away <laughs> on that like but I'd I remember so I remember just walking away from that just go gotten such a buzz from it and even though there was nothing that I could do for him. Yeah. It was just the fact of being able to sit with someone and comfort them and, talk and to, to reassure them. them. And, and it's funny, like, cause I, I just knew like from that day, it's like, yeah, that's, I just remember what my granddad yeah. said to and me. Like, and oh, I was that's like, that's, that's that, this is for me. Like, and, um, I remember I got injured then in the Gaelic match and I was in the back of the ambulance myself and it, it was fine. But like, I remember, Again, I probably had the gas in there as well. Like, and in between breaths, I was like, so how did you become a paramedic? And like, do you asking, need any help? Yeah, in there. Ask her join all you? the questions. How did she get into it? What did she have to do? And it's so funny. I can't remember her name, but the advice she gave me that day was lit- pretty much how I mapped out what getting into it. Like, like she gave me advice of it, it to, they kind of want to have, if you're going into the service, want a bit of life experience. Yeah. So you know, they want you to travel, to, you know, go to college, just get a bit of life experience behind you because obviously some of the stuff that you can see in the job can be tough at times. So it is definitely good going in, probably a bit older, having a bit of life experience behind you. So went to college, DC, you know, I was always planning on to, to call in DCU anyways to get a degree behind me and would have got a business degree straight after I finished I would have went on the J1 then and when I came back from the J1 um during my college placements actually I went to did a year work placement in Crow Park oh, okay. and when I came back from traveling they said look 
just by chance there's this there's the position you're in is after coming up as a full-time position they're not taking on students anymore uh are you interested so applied for it and went in and got it and you know, i worked there for a couple of years and within then um i think it was a 2015 the DAA so obviously there was a job freeze during the recession so they weren't employing in uh, any emergency services so in the guards fire service okay. nothing there was no, a freeze in the whole lot and then the Dublin airport were the first people to the first company to kind of open it out to, for recruitment so I said oh, do you know what I'll like I'll just apply and put my name in the hat for a bit of sure be a bit of experience yeah. if Dublin Fire Brigade come up like and then yeah she just ended up getting it and been there eight years now so yeah. do you have to this is going to be such a stupid question I feel <laughs> but like did you say you did a business degree yep so like this is going to sound so stupid go on go for it do you like <laughs> not have to have any medical experience for like do you not have to like, train to be a nurse or something first no it should be all the training that you do so when you apply for it yeah um, and that's the thing like I was like oh god how am I going to yeah. go into an interview and apply for a job as a firefighter when I have zero yeah. experience behind like, me have you put out a fire in the house like no, no. you know what I mean like yeah. you can't be yeah. like yeah I did that and then on now, Thursday the I is, did this the funny thing is I would have done a lot of courses in works so I would have tried to obviously get a much experience I couldn't I tried to work with a voluntary organization but obviously playing sports at the time was really yeah. hard because just I just didn't have the time um but I would have done courses like you know first aid courses there was a fire prevention course in works that I would have put my name for so it was just put myself out for these little courses um and then when it came up obviously I could talk about that but one of the biggest things that probably helped me get the job was my involvement in team sport okay because a lot of what I was saying in the job was basically relate to my yeah. like job being captain of the Dublin team, being in different scenarios, your teamwork, your leadership, communication yeah. skills. And this is something that I always say to young kids when I go to schools and do talks. It's like all those skills and attributes are what employers are looking yeah. for. Like they're the attributes that they want in their company. Like can so, you work in a team? Can you yeah. get involved? Yeah. And when you do the interview for the fire brigade, that's a lot. Can you give me an example of when you showed X, Y, or Z skill? Yeah. And just being able to have so much life experience, probably through a lot of experiences on the pitch, like, you know, yeah, it was definitely, so team sports actually played a massive role in me getting my job as a firefighter, yeah. And then you do, obviously, the courses. Yeah, then so when you're, sorry. Yeah. Went off track there a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously when I got the job, then you do was it 12 14 weeks kind of training so you do your initial training um to be a firefighter uh so like you know your breeding apparatus like so doing va wares just putting out fires just different there's loads of different elements to it that make up your fire training um and then what was it two two, two years ago i would have trained to be a paramedic then so obviously i would have done obviously first aid training and stuff so that would have been part of it um like your CFR training and your EFR. Uh, Where are they? Yeah, so, C- C- <laughs> so CFR is your cardiac first responder. Oh, right, okay. So doing CPR and stuff. Yeah. And then EFR is your emergency first responder. So just basically providing basic uh, first aid. But we have paramedics on station then. So when I had my name down to go on the paramedics, but obviously there's a list. Um, so it's gone on seniority. So whoever's ahead of you kind of went so eventually got it um geez, over two years ago now and then that's a two-year program to be a paramedic okay. so you would have gone off to the obi which is 
Dublin Fire Brigade's training institute and done 12 weeks paramedic training there. Then after that, you go and do you do a month with them as a your third man hours, as they call it. So you're kind of just going out and getting a feel for it and just kind of observing what they're What's doing. What's going on, yeah. And then Shadowing you go back. Like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And then you go back to station then and then you'd be working uh, on the elements then, building up your work experience. And then you do, like you have case studies to do and then you have different placements that you do. So would have done like a maternity placement uh, in the uh, coronary care unit on the advanced paramedic car and paediatrics. So, so yeah, there's a lot involved. So the paramedics is like a whole two year program to do. And then for the fire fire training, it was 12, 12 weeks initial training, 12, 14 weeks. And then you go on and do... Um, just learning on the job then really yeah yeah, yeah. Just, like experience, experience and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so are you because it's mad I actually again just being a stupid person um you I didn't know a stupid person <laughs> I know but you know like sometimes you just don't know about things like because you haven't been in a situation sure, I where... like I say to everybody she's a fountain of knowledge that but, one over there I love learning about things mm. but I didn't realize until a couple of years ago like you know if you ring the ambulance like this is gonna sound really stupid <laughs> this is what I mean if you ring like 999 and say I need an ambulance or whatever someone's hurt themselves if the ambulance aren't gonna get there, the fire brigade go first Oh, they yeah. can be first so responders in, in some so areas, in Dublin, in Dublin, all <clears throat> firefighters are trained paramedics as well. So Isn't that mad? That's yeah. one of the unique things of Dublin Fire Brigade. So on their shift, if they're not working on the fire truck, they'll be on the ambulance. So Dublin okay. has a certain amount of ambulances. But it's very small, isn't and, it? But see, we have two retained stations, obviously, as well. As right. you know, one is in Scaries yeah. and one is in Balbriggan. So yeah. they work off a pager system. So if they get called, their, their pagers go off and whoever responds mm, to the station, right. then they, they turn out. So they kind of be like part-time firefighters because yeah. they'd still hold down their day jobs as well. Most of them, they have to work kind of ideally within the local community. Um, whereas if you work full-time, then obviously you're kind of like myself, you're at a like you're on a roster, you work your full shifts and all. So I suppose with us, yeah, depending on the seriousness of the call, if an ambulance isn't available, then yeah, a fire truck will be sent out to provide cover first and obviously assistance. And then once an ambulance comes available, then they can obviously transport the, the patient. That's true as well, isn't it? Because there's not very many ambulances. Yeah, I think Dublin Fire Brigade have 13 ambulances in total for that's Dublin. That's it. But then, you have, that's but, it. but then you have, but then you—that's just with Dublin Fire Brigade. Yeah. Then you'd have the HSE yeah. as well. So, and then the or, different, sorry, the, the Bumblebee national, ones the national, for the, kids. Am, the national ambulance service. Yeah. Uh, that—that's the. They're all different. That's a transport. transport but I mean, yeah. like, as in, but for the actual ones that are on call, most of the time there's like really like not very many of them. Yeah, they'd be very Smart. busy. Like Dublin's very busy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd say so. yeah. So do you have to do? Do you do that as well? Yeah. So. It's so fun, like giving me the training. I know that we're we're changing this a lot from Gaelic to paramedics, but this is a big thing. Like I'm yeah, so interested. Yeah. So obviously in the airport, like I specialize in aviation emergencies. But we so we are trucks that we have fire trucks. They're huge, like like they have twelve thousand liter capacity wood, and we'd have three or four that would respond at any one time. Whereas our fire, normal fire truck, which what you'd see in scaries, yeah. And all around Dublin, they would have, I think, so 18,000 litres water. Okay. So okay. we'd have a lot of water on wheels to deal with, obviously, because if it's an aircraft emergency, yeah. you need a lot of resources on scene very quickly. Um, 
and then we'd have the terminals so you could respond to fire fire alarms there different fires around the area like you know uh rtc so road traffic collisions you have like so much cars and many car parks so yeah actually, yeah it's very yeah. varied to what we do and then we do a lot of work on the airfield as well um so we'd work with like um wildlife prevention so obviously to stop any wildlife interfering with any landing or departing aircraft because obviously if uh if a bird, bird flies strike. into it, yeah, bird strike. Yeah. If a bird flies into an engine, obviously can cause massive damage. Because you ever so, see them driving around the yeah. Yeah. runway? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's like watching out for we'll the We'll give you a wave next yeah. time. Yeah. Um, you can bring Malik and be like, there's Lindsay. <laughs> you know what? It's such a fascinating, like there yeah. has to be something new every day. Oh, like, you just, you never know what you're yeah. going to be dealing with. So like if you're not in the airfield, you could be on fire truck. If I'm not in the fire truck, it could be on the ambulance. And people are like, yeah, but like, do you really do many like do you really respond to much in the airport like I'm like it's like a mini community like a yeah. mini little town, yeah, town like town. yeah like you have like there's thousands of people in there at any like, one I think time there was, like what 28 million passengers went through Dublin airport last year yeah and oh on the height of summer like you could have anywhere from 75,000 to 100,000 passengers going through like uh, like not including all the workers that you have yeah. on site it's like a massive building site as well there's always something something getting built, built or something built. going on car parks around like yeah. so there's a lot of stuff going yeah, on around it's like your area. own little country basically yeah so if you're not dealing with something in the terminal or in and around the terminal like you could have aircrafts diverting in with medical emergencies and yeah. stuff so yeah, yeah so you true. just really never know what you're going to be dealing with full of it like I was going to say you like living with excitement don't <laughs> yeah. you yeah. I'm like, always doing something I like being busy like too being busy yeah it's funny um one of my friends was saying to me on your day like I thought when you retired I'd see more of you more of but you. I actually see less of you <laughs> you're like because obviously since retiring got involved with the soccer I'm helping out with the under 14s in the club and just probably enjoying life a bit more in terms of being able to go out at a random flexibility week. yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. and of course yeah work is just busy as always and you get to come and do a podcast when you want on a training you just never know what you're going to be doing <laughs> so amazing. come to retiring so how long are you retired now? Uh, just the first season. So yeah, what is last year? Yeah, last year. And was... how old are you now? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. So you yeah. were thirty-two and you retired. I actually so. looked up uh, on your wiki, Wikipedia. Page. <laughs> Wikipedia. And I'm four days older than you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, she's the twenty-fourth of August, nineteen eighty-nine, and I'm, I'm Leo. Oh, just yeah, missed it. I'm the twentieth. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Just a little fire in my belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what brings up retirement? Obviously, I know what a lot of people are like. Oh, like in terms of some sports, it's, oh, you're getting too old. Like we had, so we had Declan Garrity on. A while ago and he's only 32 this year or something isn't that what he said and he was like i'm old like for my sport like so old like i'm over past it like i'm an elf so he's in the a sport. boxer like yeah and he was yeah. like i'm so and we were like what and he this was his last dance this know, year <laughs> so and i was like 32 yeah you're not because i look at like even the people that play for still football for my dad and stuff like your brother and like his friends or whatever. Like them boys are like 37, Them boys are nearly 40. They are. There was actually <laughs> uncles at the match I'm the only other saying day. that because I know he'll listen yeah. and be like, I, I am see not. I see my brother Barry running around like. <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah. they're running. They're, Lee's are running out. He doesn't do a lot of running anymore now. But He's going to kill you. I told him the other day. There was lads on the sideline at the match the other day. And um, this other young fleet comes up mm. every week and all his friends came through the day and he was like shouting all the names and he's like, come on, Barry, come on, all this. And the fellas are like, do you come here every week? And he was like, yeah. 
And he was like, how old do you have to be allowed to play on this team? He's like, oh, they're all like 40 something. So <laughs> no, I was delighted no. to tell Barry and Stitch and all after. I was like, apparently these are all 40 odd. <laughs> <laughs> but like with football, I don't know, or with certain sports, it's like you can play to so much older. Why did you retire when yeah. you did? Well, probably, <laughs> probably felt much older than what I am. But I know it's funny, like a lot of people are like, but you're still so young. You definitely have a couple more years left. And I'm like, I've been playing at this level since yeah. I was 14. I was just about to say. Yeah, like, yeah. such a long career. The like... amount of wear and tear on your body from like in, over that period, it just became, the recovery and stuff just became more difficult. Um, and like I even said, like last last night, like playing a soccer game, like the game went into extra time. I was like 110 minutes. I was like, oh my God, lads, I'm not going to be able to walk tomorrow. Like, yeah. I'm like a cripple. Um, she still got up the stairs outside. Uh, and wasn't out of breath. Wait to see me going down them down the way. It's going to be an absolute struggle. We just throw ourselves down. Yeah. Oh, I was absolutely battered at the game last night. But it, it was brilliant. But to playing with a, probably your local team like with Scary's Harps and with the soccer with St. Isha's it's just a totally different standard to what you'd be playing inter-county yeah. with mm. like the demands of it are just so much more that's required from me and like I said we would have been training four or five times a week wow. from your pitch sessions and your gym and then even your recovery and stuff it's just definitely probably became just a lot more difficult and I suppose it's at the stage of my life where I just want to move on to the next chapter yeah. and and because you're enjoying your job so much yeah. and it's so brand new and you're like, I just want to put my head in this. And yeah, like- and especially I think that's probably one of the things as well I was finding difficult from just the, when you're on the ambulance, it's definitely a bit more difficult because you could be out on it from, for hours like and you won't get back to station. And I was getting to a stage where we could get held up at hospital with a call. Yeah. I'm rushing back late to the station. Um you're going to train and then very little in your stomach yeah. because you've just been so busy you haven't had time to eat so it's to be a top athlete and to be performing at the highest level it's not really an ideal career to be like running late to train and very little in your stomach yeah. like, you know, there's probably only so so long I could probably get away with it for um so last year definitely found tough because it was my first year back working on stage yeah. yeah and probably after COVID and stuff um so yeah it was my first first year back so I probably just found that a lot more difficult but I knew myself like after the All-Ireland when we entered it for the five in a row against Mead and obviously didn't turn out the way we hoped uh I suppose I just felt like right I'll give it one more year like you know just to try and get us back to the top and um but I suppose it's just that love of trying to achieve something isn't it that's what I was gonna say so when you did when you did retire and it stopped were you like I have time to do what I want. I have whatever. Or was it like a, oh, I don't know. No, like, I should there, I go no, back I to knew, it? No, I, I knew. Like, I have said, obviously I, we're making this decision for a while. Yeah, yeah and, a lot, and it's, yeah. it's something that people, like, you have to make in a year on year basis. Like, you can't go at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm definitely going to retire at the end of the season because life changes. Yeah. And probably my life has changed probably a couple of years ago. I probably thought I could have retired and then things changed. And then... You know, after the five in a row, God, God wouldn't it be brilliant an opportunity to go for five in a row. And then when that didn't work out, you're kind of like, okay, no, I felt, I probably felt responsible for that game in a way because I probably made a couple of mistakes in that game that cost us points. And you feel like you let the team down. I was like, no, I have to go again and try and recover, re- from redeem that. Yeah. that. Um, so I was very conflicted after that to come back again, and he did. Um, 
And for me, I suppose, it was actually without even knowing it, like my last game with Dublin, or sorry, the Leinster final uh, was in Croke Park. And that was the last game that I got to play in Croker. And it's just such a, an amazing occasion because all my family and stuff were there and getting to walk with the with Cueve and all. I had her yeah, around the picture the picture ages. And that is in the paper. And, and it's actually funny, like after that game, I had her and I was walking back over to Sand to give her back to Barry and Kelly. And the hill were cheering because it was the full stadium. And the hill was full then for the men's game after and everyone was cheering down at me and she was just waving to the crowd <laughs> she was the queen going by and one of my friends in the stadium had actually recorded it so for me that was actually a really special way for me to finish my career in Crow Park without even realising it so having lost to me the year before in the All-Ireland to get a chance to go back into the Leinster final and play them um, you know for me was something very special and a few Obviously, a few weeks later, then we lost in the quarter final. Um, but just you know, that sport and for me though, after that game, I was just very content and going right. That that's yeah. it. I'm done. Like, and it's so funny. Like people to be, like, are you missing it? And I'm like, no. Like I miss the friendship and the crack with the girls and probably training to that level. But for me, I know just with my body like that, yeah. it was just, it was the right time for me to go. And I'm actually enjoying just having that bit of freedom and then being able to go to games and just support them from the yeah. sidelines. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. So what do you think your plan going forward? You're always going to be involved with the sport, but just as like coaching and helping out or like, what are your plans going forward? Um, I suppose now it's probably just progressing my career in work and then trying to progress it with coaching, I suppose as well. Like for me, like paramedic now, but I'd love down the line to be an advanced paramedic. So just to increase my skill level. Um, and then with, I'm doing a learn to lead course with the, um, with the LGFA at the moment and the core element that I'm working on is coaching. Okay. So it's just be able to probably become a better coach and to help young girls develop their skill level better and obviously just to ensure that they're enjoying it and to get them involved and ensure that they're enjoying it and staying involved. And yeah, even in work then as well, only recently I did a critical incident stress, stress management course. So that was just in terms of developing in that sense that if we're on a tough call or someone else in the station's on a tough call, that if they come back to the station, you're able to have a chat with them and just make sure that they're coping okay. So it's just, yeah, just extending out in different, different ways. You're very ambitious, think. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Got old head on your shoulders now. Yeah. You have I was going to say, we're obviously the younger generation of girls and women. I'm so obviously, like I just, women in sport, I think, mm. especially over the past few years with Katie Taylor. Mm. You have the women's football team now in the World Cup. Yeah. What would you say to younger girls to encourage them that it is going to be a women's women's sport now? Like we are up there now and we're, we're staying up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like for me, obviously, like my career is mainly Gaelic, but... I just say to any young girls, just find your passion, no matter what it is. If it's like try, if it's team involvement, whatever the sport is, to get involved in sport doesn't matter what sport it is, but just get involved and to stay involved and enjoy it. Enjoy going out with your friends and having fun and just that break away from, you know, the pressures of the world and social media. Just to put the phone away, get down and play, just be active. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Kayla's one definitely one to watch. Yes, yeah. definitely. She went through a little injury. Yeah, she's been the back the last few though. months, but she's getting there, and she's a strong, strong girl. So she'll be one to watch in the future. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. And look, that's one of the joys of it as well when you're going down to sessions and 
working on different skills and just seeing that in a game like players just you know just yeah going down and join it and just watching the improvement of their skill level over yeah, a couple of weeks like it's amazing and like, yeah, yeah and just the enjoyment that they get out of like it's yeah it's brilliant amazing well thank you so much for, for coming, coming in, in thanks for having me um thank you for captain our fabulous <laughs> dublin team yeah um and yeah we wish you the best of luck for everything in the future thank you very much be sure to follow us on Instagram at the T's and C's podcast. We'll be uploading posts and stories about upcoming episodes and guests. And you can also email us on the T's and C's pod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, rate and hit the bell for future episodes on Spotify. Bye. Bye.